0: You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys.
1: Hello, welcome back to the OTI podcast. It's myself, Colin Kelly, as always, bringing you the show. Joined, as always, as well by my co-host here on the podcast, it's Doug Moore. Uh, today's show, we're going to be joined by Ryan McDowell, and uh, he's pretty much everywhere. And particularly if you play uh, Dynasty Fantasy Football, which is a bit more of a degenerate version of regular Fantasy Football, but uh, gaining in popularity all the time. Something that myself and Doug partake in uh, each and every year. The the leagues go on uh, yearly, and uh, you know there is really no off season in this format, but. Ryan and uh, Dynasty League football circles is pretty much uh, pretty much a big deal I guess and uh, when he comes on we'll, uh, we'll talk to him a lot about Dynasty on today's show and obviously there's been a little bit of news coming out this week with OTA starting in the NFL so we'll get to, to talk about that as well and it, it should be a really fun show one that I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, and discussing lots of topics with Ryan when we get him on in a couple of moments but doug um we talked last week you were looking uh, at a house and obviously then you had to jump off to go and look at the house i know from our uh, conversation after that podcast that one wasn't a successful viewing but uh, since that uh, any update on the house hunt
0: well so i didn't buy a house uh, <laughs> we, we found so it was apartment hunting i, I can't i can't afford a house oh. not until not until espn hires me someday um but um no, we, we uh, my girlfriend and I, I've been looking for apartments, um, so funny enough, that same day that we, that we were looking, we looked at a couple, uh, we put an application in for one, and um, that was the one we got, there was the other one you, you're talking about, we don't, uh, we didn't like, but there was one uh, on that day that we found, and, and uh, we like it, we're moving in next week, and uh, now it's just spending hundreds of dollars, getting everything we need, so, uh you know the OTI the OTI money I get for doing this podcast doesn't cover everything
1: yeah obviously uh, those uh millions and millions of dollars that I send over through my uh, Swiss bank account uh (laughs) are going to cover that but um obviously Doug I mentioned Robin Ryan on that's going to be excellent in a few moments as always oh yeah starting off the show I like to uh give iTunes a plug, you know, if you're listening on, I don't know how our listeners are listening to this show, but if you're listening to it on iTunes or Stitcher or you're listening to it on the Overtime Ireland website, just whatever you listen to, make sure you hit the subscribe button and come back uh, each and every week to listen to the podcast as we continue to try our best to uh, pump out great content week in, week out here uh, on Overtime Ireland. But uh, obviously as well, I always like to plug some of the sponsors we've got going on. Um, We're still linked up with NFL Shop Europe. Uh, Their website is europe.nflshop.com. And any of the merchandise on their uh, website if you want to go on there and look at some of it uh, basically all any authentic NFL merchandise you want to get if you use the code OTA10 at checkout put it in at the promo code slot just as you're checking out you'll save 10% off all your orders there on the website so I I think that's something that uh, you know, if you're if you're wanting to buy some NFL gear, saving ten percent uh, is definitely something that's going to help you. Uh, you know, get some extra dollars. Maybe if you're trying to rent a place like Doug, no, just probably buying NFL merchandise at that point isn't the best decision. But if you if you want to do that, you can save ten percent and uh, that can go towards your rent. But that is europe.nflshop.com, and then of course the code is OTI10 at checkout. But I guess uh, with all that done, uh, it's time to get Ryan on the show.
0: Hi, I'm Matt Williamson, and you are listening to the Overtime
1: Ireland Podcast. So we're joined now in the podcast by Ryan McDowell. I mentioned in our intro there that he's uh, pretty much in dynasty circles. He's uh, pretty much a big deal, is what I called you, Ryan. And, uh, you know, all your work from DLF to World. you know, all the dynasty writing, the Commission Impossible podcast with Scott Fish, the Ball Rush, the Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson. Uh, the list just goes on and on, and then, of course, uh, I was listening to you on a podcast this week, and you were talking about uh, the Player Raider podcast. You've got coming up and starting up very shortly with Curtis Samuel, who we've had on the show a good few times, and uh, Curtis is a great guy. So you're you're very, very busy, in particular with the podcast at the moment.
2: Yeah, it definitely keeps me busy. It's <laughs> uh, it, it's a fun time of year for me. Uh, I'm actually a teacher, and we just started summer break, so I've got a few hours each day that have, have opened up for me, and I'll be hopefully doing even more writing and more, more podcasts coming up over the next couple of months.
1: Yeah. No, just after the draft always fits kind of nicely in with your schedule. And, uh, you know, I, I think as a, you know, if you're playing dynasty and I know it's getting more and more popular, and I know you'll have seen this over the, you know, particularly over the last five years, it's kind of just growing and growing every year. But, uh, when you're looking at this time of year, I think it's the perfect time of year for dynasty players because this is where you're, you're looking pre-draft. Now you're post-draft and you're, you're looking to get your trades done, move some pieces around right in your team. I think this is really for the next kind of month or two months is the, the perfect time for dynasty players. Would you kind of look that way as well?
2: Yeah, I think so. It, it's There's always something to keep dynasty players busy. Uh, so, of course, now we, we're thick in the middle of... Uh, rookie drafts and OTAs and, and some uh some practices and things are starting so there's there's always something going on
1: because I always think when we're before the draft you're looking and you're kind of wondering where these guys are going to fall you can acquire picks and make your moves prior to the draft but at least now we know where they're they're going to fall for the next three months we kind of can, can try and figure out what way it's all going to shake out and who's going to be the players that you want to have on your team and since the draft, there's, we're going to run through kind of some of the news, some of the the topics that have come in on Twitter as well, and are going to start off with uh, the Lions backfield, and that's something that kind of really didn't change because of the draft. It kind of stayed the same, and there was a lot of people expecting maybe a piece to come in there in the draft or through free agency, but that hasn't happened. And uh, Amir Abdullah, who missed the majority of last season with that foot injury, is there's kind of been buzz going on early in OTAs this week uh, of him possibly coming back in and getting that featured role. Uh, we know. After seeing all or nothing last year with the Arizona Cardinals, the Cardinals actually wanted to, to take Abdullah and then they decided to settle around later for David Johnson. And We kind of know how David Johnson's produced, but Amir Abdullah, somebody who I've never been a huge fan of. I've kind of always kind of tried to go the theoretic route there and get those uh, pass catching points. But with Abdullah, do you see uh, the potential there for him to be that uh, full, uh, you know, kind of tree down back?
2: I really don't. I, I agree with you. I've never been a big Abdullah fan myself. Um, his rookie year, he started out well. Training camp and, and preseason went well for him. Uh, he had a nice first game of his career. I think he scored a touchdown in that game, if I remember a, correctly. A, big,
1: a long touchdown.
2: Yeah, and then and then he didn't do much the rest of that season. Um, and then, of course, last year I think he only played two games and missed the rest with an injury. Um, my my thinking on the Lions' backfield is Riddick is is a much better pass catcher than Abdullah. Uh, I think Amir's – his his best uh, his career best is five receptions in one game, and Riddick has twenty one games with five or more receptions. So Riddick is clearly the pass catcher on that on that team. I think. Even a, a guy like Zach Zenner is probably a better goal line option. So Abdullah's role is between the 20s on first and second down at best, and that's if he can stay healthy.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, and I think this is you know an opportunity because I know a lot of people who like theoretic, and this is kind of the opportunity I'd be taking to if, if you have somebody that maybe is down on him reading bits of this news early in OTAs that you could go in and uh, maybe get him for a little bit cheaper than he was a couple of weeks back. Next backfield to look at uh, the Seattle Seahawks and Eddie Lacy. This past week, Aaron, $55,000 for weighing less than 255 pounds. And that's just one of the ways, you know, along the way with the incentives for him to, to cut down on the weight and to, to come in at the weight the Seahawks want him. But, uh, you know, they're talking now as well. And there'll be a lot of kind of rumblings coming out. This is the part of the year where you're trying to decipher all those rumblings and whispers coming out of different camps. But CJ Procise uh, was having a nice kind of little bit of a, a season last year until he got injured when he when he really was given the chance uh, after uh, Rawls was injured again so cj process uh, rawls as i mentioned there and eddie Lacy. do you do you see rawls being the odd man out do you think Lacy gets that lead back role and then do you think then uh, process is more that third down guy
2: i think that's probably how they would like for it to happen but this backfield is just it's a mess. just a trio a trio of guys <laughs> i don't really trust um, i don't think any of us can really believe in in lacy to stay in shape Um uh, and it, that's just going to cause more injuries, as he's as we've seen the past couple of years. I, I don't know that he can continue to make the way. Of, of course, those uh, those requirements are going to get tougher for him as we get closer to training camp. And ProSize, it, it. His whole one year career so far, his one year in the NFL, has just been a, a back and forth of we're going to give late, we're going to give prosize a big role and then he gets hurt we're going to give prosize a big role and then he gets hurt just in that first season he missed time with a hip injury a hamstring injury a broken hand and a broken scapula the shoulder <laughs> injury in in one in one Season that for broke a lot of fairly serious, yeah, fairly (laughs) serious injuries. Um, so I I like ProSize, he's a fun player to watch. If he can stay on the field, uh, I think he will certainly be have that third down role and maybe more, but I just don't really trust that that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I and I'm a huge ProSize fan, I've tried to acquire him everywhere, especially with him being so I would think on such a, a, a cheap sort of run right now with them signing lacy and and uh the fact that he's coming off you know like you said multiple injuries that's that's the biggest concern like you said you know you look at what he did in in you know five plus games you know he had almost 400 yards from scrimmage he only had one touchdown but he averaged five yards a carry behind that horrible seattle offensive line and he also had 12.2 yards per reception so the, the talent is clearly there um you know, if he can stay healthy, I, I think he could be that long-term guy for them. Because if I'm not mistaken, I mean, Thomas Rawls is going to be a restricted free agent next off-season. At least he's only on a one-year deal, so I, I think he could be that guy if he steps up. Could set himself up very nicely for long-term. But like you said, it's hard to trust a backfield with so many guys. And we didn't even mention like Alex Collins, who some people are still holding out hope for, but he'll really never Slow do up. much,
1: I think, <laughs> with
0: the, with who's in front of him at least. So. You know, it's, it's a convoluted sort of situation. Like, you you know, you both have said, and it's, it's tough. I know who I'm rooting for. I know who my, who I have my horse in the race for, but, um, you know, it's tough to trust any of these guys, um, wholeheartedly.
2: Yeah, I I agree, Doug. And, and I, I do like process. I like the talent. It's, it's just that so many injuries and and it's also, it's also the price, um, I was taking a look at their their dynasty ADP that we have over at DLF. ProSize is going 20 uh, about 20 picks higher than Theo Riddick who we just talked about. Wow, uh, which which just seems which crazy to taking. me. I, I think Riddick is is much safer and Oh yeah. and a couple you can get him a couple rounds later.
1: Yeah, I'm on Definitely. Uh, I agree. Uh, I would be doing that there 100 times out of 100, uh, but I, I, I know I fall into the Riddick camp, and uh, I know there is a lot of people, particular out there on uh, Twitter, that are uh, very much in the pro-size camp. Next one up, and uh, it's um, the Jets' offensive coordinator, John Martin. He was talking about running the backfield by committee, I think. We kind of probably thought that this was going to happen. I thought it was going to happen more last year, but they did, uh, kind of, until October when Matt Forte started to break down. They really did go with him as uh, the kind of bell cow there in New York with the Jets, but uh, I think this year Bilal Powell takes over from uh, Forte. He's a player that I, I liked over the last two seasons. Bought him up a lot last year. Pretty cheap. And uh, I think he can still acquire him pretty cheap if you're, if you're looking at the an owner maybe who isn't uh, as sharp as he should be. But in uh, New York with the Jets, and I know Elijah Maguire's is there now as well. How do you see that backfield shaking out? And are you a Powell guy? Or are you still, uh, you know, Matt Forte... Uh, for pretty much uh, five or six years was one of the best uh, running backs in all of fantasy, uh, you know, in his time in Chicago.
2: Yeah, I'm with you again. I think it's, it's Pal's time there. Uh, I mean, Matt Forte just looks done to me, honestly. Yep. Uh, it, if it weren't for his, his contract, which is pretty player friendly, uh, I think he might've even gotten cut earlier in this off season. Uh, so I think it, it, I think it'll certainly be Pal this year. I don't really think he has a ton of dynasty value, even though he can be helpful in the short term. Um, Maguire's not a guy I'm a huge fan of either, but he could he could see an opportunity and he could even overtake Forte in this backfield. I wouldn't be surprised. They're they're certainly not playing to win this year. So they may at some point just try to find out what they have with the young guys.
1: Yeah I think that as well and uh, I'm going to get Doug's thoughts on the next one because I know he owns him in a few dynasty leagues I own him in a couple of leagues as well I know this time last year there was a lot of hype particularly for people drafting in MFL 10s around him Uh, Vance McDonald it's been reported by uh, San Francisco Chronicles Eric Branch that it wouldn't be a surprise if he ended up not making the final roster they did try and trade him during the draft but uh, cutting him would be a a big step he signed a 5 year 35 million extension just in December so Doug uh, Vance McDonald, um, are you surprised at this news coming out? Obviously, they tried to get rid of him during the draft.
0: No, I'm not surprised at all. And you know, I think the thing is is that, and, and I've read this times, is that you know Vance McDonald was given this huge extension on a little body of work by an old regime that uh, include Trent Bach. and now you got you know, uh, you know Shanahan in there. You have, um, um, crap, I'm thinking, John Lynch. um, I had to think who it was. But, you know, it's an old regime that that gave him that extension. He hasn't really lived up to it. I don't think he really ever deserved it. Um, It's nice to dream. I I think they had a couple of nice potential guys there for tight end, and, and he was certainly one of them. But this, I don't think he really just fits with what they're looking for. And it's a tough contract to try and get rid of. Because uh, you know you, you see tight ends get overpaid nowadays, and every position does. But look at Julius Thomas, who got traded for a seventh-round pick. Look at Charles Clay, who the Bills I think today were already saying that they're concerned about his his knee long term, yeah. and he got a big extension. And then look at you know Vance McDonald too, who you know got this huge extension. I think he missed time with I think it was a concussion, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm not surprised that he's you know I I don't think he'll make it if they don't get a trade partner which I don't think they will just based off his contract. Um, it, it really does sound like the 49ers are just trying whatever they can to get rid of him in, I guess, the nicest way possible. But I, I don't see him on this team. Um, you know, come week one, people this week, Kyle Shanahan didn't really feature tight ends, I don't think, Tammy and um, Austin Cooper. So I'm, he's not much of a prospect anyway in fantasy for me, regardless of what team he's on.
2: Yeah, no, I would completely agree. I've never been a huge Vance McDonald fan myself. He's uh, He just hasn't shown much on the NFL level. I was really surprised when they gave him that contract extension last year. And and at this point, it seems like uh, Lynch and Shanahan just want to put their own stamp on the team, as as most new coaches and general managers do. Um, it would be an expensive move just to cut him. I'm sure there's there's some money they would have to eat there. But, you know, that's, that's just part of cleaning up the mess that was left behind by the, the old decision makers.
1: Yeah, I, I agree there as well. I'm going to run through a couple of quick bits of news before we get into some topics, and then uh, we'll probably finish up with a couple of bits of news at the end. Uh, there's been a lot made this week of Kelvin Benjamin's weight at OTAs for the Carolina Panthers, obviously. Uh, the pictures and images online some videos it uh, doesn't look uh, good in terms of him looking after himself in the off season. but i guess you know he'll say that there's a lot of time prior to the season to get into shape but uh, it's somebody who's always struggled to keep his weight down and that doesn't look good the other one uh, a positive piece of news was teddy bridgewater uh, obviously you know this time last year or two years ago now really damaged his knee and it was looking like a was it last year it was last year wasn't it it yeah, was so last, last year. year in august it feels like such a long time ago but uh, his knee injury obviously and he took some snaps on tuesday's ota so at least there's some positive steps there you know there was a lot of talk about possibly never playing in the nfl again so we'll see how his recovery continues to progress uh, sam bradford still looking like he's going to be the starter for this season there uh, the other one then was um I know, Doug, this is one that you're going to love, and it was that uh, Matt Jones, uh, Washington Redskins running back, uh, isn't going to report for Redskins OTAs. They've already kind of said that they want to move on. So I know, Doug, uh, you were never a fan Shocking. of Matt Jones. So <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> There's no surprise there. Um, and then a piece of news that kind of... Has not been talked about a lot, but uh, did worry me a little bit when I heard it. It was uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, had a car accident this week, and uh, there was some rumors going around that he could possibly have a uh, concussion. Uh, there has been no clarification on that, but you know, Ryan, with the, there's a lot of people out there owning Ezekiel Elliott's shares and Dynasty, and people looking, you know, drafting him in NFL tens and so on. It's obviously a huge concern if uh, you know the the leading running back for the Dallas Cowboys has uh, if he do, has picked up a, a concussion in this incident.
2: Uh, sure, it's it's got to be a concern, uh, especially with how, um, you know, how close it is at the top of drafts, both MFL 10s and dynasty drafts yeah. uh, between he and David Johnson, uh, Le'Veon Bell. It, it, it would only take something like this to maybe flip-flop that order a little bit. Um, but, I mean, at this point, I haven't heard much. I, I think in today's age of Twitter and, and news getting to us so quickly, I I, I guess i would assume that if this was anything serious or, or even, yeah, even just on the concussion level, we probably would have heard about it by now. So uh, I'm not too worried about that. Um, The Matt Jones thing. Yeah. Not a surprise. (laughs) I'm with Doug on that one. Um, And he's not a guy that they really invested a a lot in. He's really kind of similar to Rawls in Seattle. He's, he's a guy that dynasty owners overrated and overvalued um, based on, uh, half a season of, of of work, and wouldn't be surprised if he's not on that team at all. Uh, it it was great to see Teddy taking some snaps and and making some throws. I'm yeah. uh, I, I've been one that said he'll probably never play again. I hope I'm wrong on that. Definitely cheering for him, uh, but that's that's not really moving the needle in fantasy terms for me yet. Uh, and then the Benjamin thing, <laughs> you know, I, I guess I'm reminded of. Those pictures of Eddie Lacey that came out a couple of years That's ago right. during yeah, training camp, <laughs> and it was the mystery of is he really that fat or is it the camera angle or something like that? Yeah. And it ended up that of course it, he it was, was that, that <laughs> he was really a, he was really that fat. It it was something to be concerned about. I think it's something to be concerned about as well with Benjamin that that he lets himself go in the off season so easily. Um, so you, he's he's a player I'll probably be avoiding, though I I have seen him fall, especially in MFL tens, probably further than he should. Yeah, like even even into the seventh and eighth round.
1: Yeah, somebody who continues to get touchdowns, but I like to see players who uh, you know look after themselves in the off season and uh, you know take take playing playing the game seriously. Um, the next one up is going to be. I just, uh, I actually
0: just want to step in here. I, I know that we talked about Ezekiel. I want to just get this point across, Um and and I'll calm knows I'm quick with this. Um, I'm I'm actually more concerned when it comes to Ezekiel. Um, I, I granted, we don't know what we can take for for granted or or what's news nowadays. But I'm more concerned that uh, you know there are still reports saying that he's being investigated by the NFL for this whole incident that I guess started last season or even before then. And it still hasn't been resolved. I'm concerned that he could face punishment if they're still looking into it this much. Uh, and obviously, we saw how that can affect running backs, especially with you know Le'Veon Bell last year when he had to miss three games due to his suspension. What if if, if Elliott has to miss a game or two or whatever it is? Because we never can tell with what the NFL is going to do with their own punishment. So I'm not as concerned about the concussion. I mean, granted, it's not it's nothing you know it's nothing light. I, I should know. But, um, you know, obviously, I I think I'm a little more concerned about the fact that he's still technically under investigation if the reports are true, which could mean he's still in line for potential punishment, which could include games.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think that's probably more of a concern than this uh, car accident.
1: Yeah, and that, that's actually a very good point as well. The, the off-field concerns obviously continue to be there with uh, any players that have had that their history, and we'll see what the NFL does uh, in reciting that. Next up is the Chicago Bears, and which I talked last week with Mike Tagliari about uh, looking, you know, at Kevin White and could he bounce back this year? Well, it's uh, you know a lot of stuff coming out, but John Fox was talking about Hemanson that his leg injury is pretty much a, a mystery as to what's going on with it. You know, he, he was taken number seven, uh, number seven in the NFL Draft in 2015. Since that, he's missed 28 of 32 games. So he's only played in four games, and he's kind of been limited in those outings. Uh, Is he somebody that you see having that potential to bounce back or bounce out or whatever you want to call it in his third year? And then the other one is a Victor Cruz signed with the Chicago Bears uh, today a $2 million fully guaranteed is what's been talked about uh, off the bat. But I think Cruz is pretty much like we talked about earlier with Matt Forte. I don't think there's a lot left there, but... With the, the way this receiving core is uh, in Chicago, do you think White will ever make anything in the NFL, or do you think it's just a case of um, it's never going to get to what people thought of him when he was coming into the league?
2: Um, I thought he was over overrated coming in. Um, and you never want to see a player injured, but, but when that happens, you almost kind of go to that, I told you so mentality. <laughs> But at the same time, I, I mean, I never would have imagined this, that he would miss so much time. And, and again, obviously, you don't you don't root for those things to happen, even if you're down on a player. Um, in Chicago, he should certainly have the opportunity. You know, they brought in Cruz. They brought in Kendall Wright and Marcus Wheaton and guys like that. I mean, none of those guys are intimidating at this point in their career. Um, so... Just like we've said with ProSize and some of these other guys, if he can stay healthy, uh, he sh- he can really do some damage. And I think his his price is finally reasonable enough that you can uh, you can draft him or or trade for him uh, with with some meat on the bone there.
1: Yeah, I think as well. You know, with uh, even last year, Laqu- Laquan trade and we've seen a site in the him on Twitter, and you'll start to see even with things like that. Uh, he caught caught one pass yesterday, and we'll see people starting to get a little bit of hype behind him again. We'll see how it shakes out. Uh, getting into some more kind of topic related questions. Uh, we had a question, and this actually came in uh, last week, but we didn't get to it in the show. It's from Tim Bearsmith. he's on Twitter at T-I-I-M. Uh, he's wondering which uh, sophomores lost or gained value. You know, somebody maybe who you think that maybe their their stock took too much of a hit based on what happened in the draft, or maybe somebody who started to, to creep up draft boards and ADP a little too high after the draft. Uh, maybe people are getting uh, over enamored with their situation. Uh,
2: the guy that probably lost some value, but I would be targeting would be Tyler Higby. Uh, of course, they, uh, the Rams drafted Gerald Everett in yep. the second round. And there was uh, immediately talk of him being their version of Jordan Reed and things like that, uh, which I- I'm kind of buying into, honestly, but I still, I still like Higby. I think he's undervalued. He his ADP dropped a ton um, following the draft, and, and I, I mean, I think the Rams don't have that many reliable weapons. So no. I, I think we could easily see them running two tight end sets. We could see both of these guys producing and having some value. So he'd Hig, be um, lost value during. As, I'm sorry, as a result of the draft, but he's also a guy I would be targeting. Uh, I I guess the other guys that come to mind, Tajay Sharp in in Tennessee uh, with the Titans, Uh, honestly, I'm surprised he still even has value. But uh, the Titans, of course, added Corey Davis and Taewon Taylor, and they added Johnny Smith, a tight end, later in the draft. Um, So Sharp is just buried and probably shouldn't even be on dynasty rosters at this point.
1: Yeah, somebody who got a lot of hype this time last year was sharp. and You mentioned there with the Rams, and although they did draft Everett at, at, at the tight end position, they also did uh, move on from Lance Kendricks as well. So that you know, there's still room for targets and opportunity to grow there. And I, I think the, the Rams are going to be an interesting team to watch this year because I think it's going it'll take them a few years, but it's going to be a complete different offense to what we've seen under Jeff Fisher, I think you know it's, it's kind of well obviously they could get worse but it's it's hard to get worse than what we've seen from them over the last two seasons uh surprise uh, adps either rookies or uh, veterans that you have seen this this last edition of uh, dlf adp that you think uh, are values at this present moment in time um th-
2: there's always some surprises with adps um, I-, I guess you know what? What people like to look at this time of year is where the rookies are falling. Um, they've been included in our ADP over at DLF since February, um, but now that now that we actually know their teams, it changes things. So uh, Leonard Fournette is the top rookie in our ADP. He's number twenty-one overall. Corey Davis right behind him at twenty-three, uh, and then we see McCaffrey and Mixon pretty uh, pretty close behind those two and I think that's kind of what we're seeing shake out in rookie drafts as well with those four being the top four picks. Um, it's really, I think what's interesting is that battle for the the seventh rookie spot and in our startup ADP, it's, um, it's OJ Howard. He's at, uh, he's at 70 overall ahead of John Ross, ahead of Alvin Kamara and, and Juju Smith and some of the other players. Um, so I, I was kind of surprised, I guess, that it's it, that it was Howard moving up after the draft.
0: Yeah, no, and I think, you know, you look at this offense, I think the one thing that's that's going to be in O.J. Howard's way, because you talk about these top six, and then it's really just, you know, uh, whoever you, you know pick and choose the, after that, I think Howard has a real chance to contribute right away. But the problem is, is that he's facing somewhat of the same issue he'll probably face uh, that he did face Alabama that he'll face in, and, um, in Tampa where there's a lot of weapons all of a sudden for James Winston to work with. You know, you look at Mike Evans, you look at Deshaun Jackson. They spent a second round pick on Chris God, or third round pick on Chris Godwin. Um, they have Cameron Breit, and they have a couple of receiving, uh, running backs, especially in Charles Sims and Jaquiz Rogers. There's just a ton of guys that are, um, that are there and they're all going to be looking, they all have mouths to feed. So I'm concerned that, you know, Howard's issue will be the same thing uh, with the, with the Buccaneers as he did with, with the Alabama where his, his, uh, you know, his production won't be as high as people would hope. But I think he's the most pro ready tight end, or at least the most likely to be an immediate contributor out of uh, Joku or Shaheen, or, you know, any of the other guys, um, Jake Butt even too. So it's just, it's tough because I'm a huge fan of him. I think a lot of people are, but his situation is is pretty eerily familiar to what it was Alabama where his production wasn't that, uh, wasn't that large, and that was probably the biggest knock on him.
2: Sorry, I was just going to say, I think that's a, a good point, Doug. Um, it, certainly a crowded depth chart there, and, and a lot of, a lot of competition for targets. I, I do – I guess I'm comforted a little bit by how Jameis Winston has used the tight end both in college and in the NFL. But I, I don't think Cameron Bright's just going to go away. He's he's a good player. Um, right. Probably not the natural skill and, and talent of, of Howard. But, uh, but yeah, he's he's not just going to go away and accept a, a, a backup job there.
0: He's a, he's a a terrific red zone receiver, which tight ends, you know, what can, what can make a break, whether they're a top 12 or a top, you know, whatever is touchdowns and, 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 you know, Breit, I think had, what was like eight, maybe I'm mistaken, but I thought he had like eight touchdowns last year, didn't have a lot of receiving stats otherwise, but that's the biggest thing, like you said, is I don't think he's going to go away and. I think he could definitely uh, still get the primary red zone targets for the tight end position.
1: I think with a lot of the you know the rookies coming in this year too, there was a lot of them, uh, the, kind of in the first round in particular, that fell in spots that maybe you would think for fantasy purposes aren't ideal, and then some of the guys that maybe later on in the draft kind of shook out and fell in spots that maybe are a little bit better for them, and I think that's been, uh, there was a lot of these players we had such high hopes for heading into it, and then you mentioned the credit depth chart there, Doug, I think that's a a similar situation a player that's on a a little bit of a crowded depth chart not not overly crowded but he's behind two kind of veterans and sanders and demarius thomas and that's carlos henderson Uh, how do you see him fitting into the the receiving core do you think he will be a a third option this year or do you think i I feel that he's more of a he's a player i like but i feel he's more of a kind of two or three years down down the road prospect uh, and dynasty value
2: yeah, I think so. I think he's the type of player in, in his situation who could get on the field immediately. They they really have nothing after Sanders and Demarius. Uh, you know, Latimer has flopped there, and we've seen guys like Jordan Taylor and Benny Fowler getting, getting play. Yep. Uh, so I think he can get on the field, but those two guys are going to see a couple hundred targets or more. Uh, between them and, and there's just not going to be much room left for Henderson to produce in, in the first year or two but yeah he's he's a guy I like I, I would be stashing him I, but I wouldn't expect to be able to use him this year in fantasy
1: yeah and with uh, Sanders and Thomas as well I think they continue to be criminally underrated and, and, and fantasy you know what the, the volume they're going to get I know the quarterback situation's not all that clear and it's not the best situation for them but they're just going to get peppered with those targets and Uh, It's going to continue to probably lock up for them for another couple of years. Um, I know uh, Doug wanted to find out a little bit about Andy Reid and his running backs and Uh, Kareem Hunt obviously landing there and I I bought a lot of Spencer Ware last year heading into the season with Jamal Charles injury still own a lot of it I've I've moved some of it uh, his shares on in Dynasty but I still think that he comes back and be the the lead dog uh, this season anyway how do you see it shaking out there I know we've done a lot of running back talk on today's show but I think it's mainly the way the the running backs have fallen into some of these situations that uh, make them you know hard to decipher heading into into this season.
2: Right, there's there's definitely some confusing backfields. Um, Hunt was a, another player that I, I probably like more after the draft, knowing his landing spot than I did beforehand. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm not I, I'm not on board with uh, it just giving up on Spencer Ware. I, I think we're looking at a at a committee attack this year. Um, Hunt's a good solid player. I don't think he's he's going to outright overtake where though so i expect to see kind of a mixed bag between those two this season
1: and you know when people look i know you mentioned earlier about you know zeke bell and uh, uh david johnson at the top of drafts you know they are the three bell cows in the nfl when you look outside of them everyone else is in a timeshare uh, five or six years ago timeshares were something that nobody wanted to have uh, in regards to fantasy football but if you look at pretty much every other offense now around the NFL outside of, of those three teams uh, the rest of them are in timeshare. so uh, you know there's still a, a lot of meat on the bone for the, those two guys to, to have production this year uh, the last question I have and I'll let uh, Doug jump in with one more is uh, Martellus Bennett he's a player that I've been looking at in recent weeks and uh, there's pretty much no hype around him since he signed uh, for the Packers, the Packers rarely sign Uh, free agents this year they signed two tight end free agents I mentioned earlier Lance Kendricks leaving the Rams I'm I'm not a huge Kendricks guy but I think Martellus Bennett uh, I'm surprised he hasn't had a little bit more hype he was pretty much banged up all of last season and I know Doug watched a lot of him with the Patriots but he had 55 receptions 700 yards and seven touchdowns and you know I think if you look at what uh, the Packers tight ends last year and Cook and Richard Rodgers done uh, I think you know if you're going. I know he played with Brady last year, but he had uh, Gronk there as well. If you have a healthy Martellus Bennett this year, is there any reason why he's not a you know a top eight or a top six tight end in 2017?
2: No, I don't think so. I I completely agree with with all of your takes there. Um, when it when it was clear that he was going to leave New England, I think fantasy owners were immediately down on him and ready to sell and get out. Uh, and then he landed with maybe the only other uh, spot where we could actually maybe see his production increase and his value increase. Uh, he's probably he might be a top five dynasty tight end for me, even at his age and uh, that, you know considering that he's bounced around a little bit in his career. I, I expect huge production, just like you said. If if Cook and Rogers can do what they did, I think Bennett's a much better player than either of those guys. Um, I'm I'm really excited for his prospects this year. I I have no idea why there's not more people on board or why his ADP has not been climbing more than it has. But if if I can buy him in any format or draft him in any format, then I'm I'm doing that.
1: Yeah, I think that bouncing around thing has a, a lot to do with it because I remember when he left the the Bears two seasons ago. Uh, you know, or prior to last season, sorry, his value just absolutely plummeted, and then he went to New England, and his value kind of stayed at a similar level because he was behind Gronk, but. I'm just surprised that it hasn't, there's, there's nothing in his way. Uh, and, you know, since really, I know Cook had his moments in the playoffs in particular, but since JerMichael Finlay, the Packers haven't had that athletic tight end. So I'm, I'm as a Packers fan in particular, I'm really excited to see what he can do. And I think I'm just surprised. I'm sure the hype will start to gather pace uh, as the season progresses. Doug, have you any more uh, questions you want to head on before we wrap up? Um, well, uh,
0: this is a personal, uh, not a personal question, but this is, <laughs> this is, this serves a purpose for me. Um, Brian, can I ask you what you think of a certain trade? Sure. Okay. So, I'm going to try to fit one two in here, but I'm going to do at least one. I'll go with the one that I, I think is more reflective of a rookie. I had a rookie draft last night, and in the third round, I can't remember where it was, I think it was like 3.05, um, Patrick Mahomes was available. I didn't have a pick until the fourth round. I had done some maneuvering and all that. Um, I had uh, Jameis Winston and uh, Tyrod Taylor is my my quarterbacks, and I really felt I need a third one just because I don't know what's going on with Tyrod. Would you suggest? Would you think? And I, I want you to be honest, even though it's already done. Do you think it's a good idea that I trade a twenty eighteen second round and my fourth round pick in this year's draft to go get him in the third?
2: So you gave a you gave a future second and a current fourth for
0: for a, th- for the- a third or a third and, to get to get him
2: to take my homes um i think that's about right you know those i mean future picks they're always uh, always a crap shoot um so if you think next year's quarterback class guys like sam Darnold, josh rosen um it, it looks like a strong class Could you have maybe gotten one of those guys with a future second? Maybe, but uh, Mahomes Mahomes is, according to most people I've seen and followed, he's their favorite rookie quarterback and has the highest upside, even though Mitchell Trubisky went higher than him in the draft. Um, So I I think it's a solid move. I definitely agree with you that I have concerns about Tyrod Taylor. Maybe not this year, but beyond this year, I, I don't think there's any guarantee that he's in Buffalo, or or any guarantee that he's a starting quarterback in general. So uh, overall, I like the aggressive move to shore up that position, and, and in anticipation of of maybe Tyrod losing some value.
1: Yeah, I, I agree too. I think uh, in a situation like that as well, as long as you don't do what the Chicago Bears do and give up everything to get him, but. Uh, I in, in my draft this year I was on the opposite side to Doug I I, I was in a position where I kind of had a s- strength my team was a strength and I didn't really need to, to pack it up with any rookies uh, and I you know in a couple of my third round picks traded them away to get second round picks next year so a lot of the time and I'm sure you'll probably much agree with this, Ryan, is when you're in that situation and somebody wants to trade up, you're pretty much trading up or around to the next year because you're waiting for, uh, you know, 12 months to get that value off the pick. Would you usually see that that's kind of the way they go? You kind of trade up and you you have to pay a little bit extra like that?
2: Yeah, I, I would doubt that Doug was going to get that deal done with a future third. Yeah. Um, there's just the, the incentive is just not there. And I know in one of my uh, leagues this year, I traded, I think it was the 2.02 traded out of that pick and I got a future first for it. Uh, And, and I certainly wouldn't have done that for a future second.
1: No, that's what, that's kind of what I was, I was hunting at. And, uh, obviously before we wrap up i'm going to let you plug any of the stuff you've got going on i mentioned all the podcasts on the way in it's pretty it's a pretty incredible lineup and just before we started uh, recording i was listening to the, the latest episode of commission impossible with scott fish for anyone uh, you know dynasty commissioners in particular that is uh, a really enjoyable one to listen to as they go through different strategies different leagues and so on just so many things got going on and then of course scott uh, it's pretty crazy this week with the the K O T H R two draft going on. That super flex, the sixteen team basketball. Are you in any of those leagues, Ryan?
2: I'm not in those. I've been following yeah. <laughs> them a little bit, and uh, <laughs> it's pretty it crazy. is it is another crazy format, which is what we've come to expect from Scott.
1: Yeah, um, pr- the the league I'm in, in it, uh, I'm I'm actually I'm happy I'm in the top tier. But uh, you know I. I there was, I think, I think, uh, I think it might have been twenty-eight uh, quarterbacks off the board before the start of the fourth round. So it pretty much got out of hand very quickly in terms of uh, getting those quarterbacks uh, in the superflex format, and, and it particularly when it's in baseball. So it should be interesting to see how it all fits out uh, towards the end of it. But with all the stuff you've got going on, have you anything coming out this week or that that you want to give a mention to before we wrap up?
2: Uh, should have a, a couple new articles coming out at DLF, and also just had one published at 4 dot com. Uh, and then, yeah, just just I've got my four podcasts going, keeping <laughs> keeping me
1: busy. Only four, only four, yeah. And uh, of course, you can follow Ryan on Twitter as well. It's at Ryan twenty three. That is Ryan Mc twenty three. Definitely, uh, well worth a follow. Uh, and if you're not following him already, I don't know what you've been doing on Twitter. Doug's on Twitter as well at DmoreNFL and I'm on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And until we're back next week with another podcast, of course. Have a good one.